Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Like my little, you know what I'm saying? My little one-two there. I'm a, I, you know what? I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to change it every week. Okay. I'm going to forget next week. But you know what I'm saying? I'm going to do my best. I be acting like I have a good memory still. Right, you could do a... Uh a little different little musical ornament or something you every want, week girl, or a musical yeah, technique i'm gonna change it every week that's gonna be cute don't hold me to that because <laughs> memory <laughs> not me like almost falling off in my bed okay <laughs> like sand through the looking glass so is my memory okay all right okay when one day you playing this playing it on the viola I press. should do that, but you know, we be we be beefing sometimes. <laughs> but my pegs, I think it stopped wiggling a little bit. Not, not the eraser, uh, pegs. <laughs> you're knocking on wood. You're not knocking on that peg. Apparently, <laughs> 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 oh, it was going well because um, I'm preparing for my obligatory musical event, but ain't no Bach on there, so. Make sure you tell us the date. Do you have a date? I do. Great. We can offline about the date. Mm-hmm. It's September 11th, 12th. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I'll be sure I put that in the description. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. September 11th, 12th. Great. So can you write that down? I don't need to because you already know. Whether you tell me or not, I have a way of knowing. So <laughs> I'll be fine to go. And I will be talking to Karen in the office to make sure that and my, my well, recital does not go up on the website. By the sound of her name, she seems difficult, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my she, God. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was nice to me. She was That's nice to me. That's how it starts all the time. But it is, it is exactly how it starts off, so I ain't going to give her too much. <laughs> but I had to schedule it via email because something's wrong with us. It's always wrong with the university. Anyway, you, I had to uh, schedule it. Um, via email, she was really nice about that because you know, a couple of them girls at the Eastman School of Music would have been like, "Well, girl, wait till it's back up." <laughs> Something about the music, the school of music secretaries be—they build different. They're I ain't never met. Different. They are built different. I ain't never met one normal school of music secretary. So I met Karen via email uh, two days ago because they'd be like, "Well, Catherine, you're gonna have to wait until the system's back up." I'm like, "And when will that be? When it's back up?" <laughs> no, <laughs> like, ooh, Chile. Anyway, anyway, my garage band is doing the Harlem Shake, so we're gonna see what what happens <laughs> with this episode. <laughs> what is going on with this show? Anyway, I, I'm just looking at it like, oh Lord, please. Okay. Anyway, uh, news this week. Oh, it looks like it evened out. Great news this week. The Metropolitan Opera has hired a chief diversity officer by the name of Marsha Lynn Sales. This was announced a couple of days ago at this point earlier. I guess by the time y'all listening to this last week. Um and who Chile were the comments a whole situation, especially on Facebook. I think that's the only place I looked at that. Um so first let me just give a little background on her responsibilities, what this position is. Um, she's going to be tasked. Do they know what it is? Huh? I'm about to say, do they know what it is? Well, this is what they're telling us it is. <laughs> we got we to gotta do something. Y'all, it's been a couple of months now. They, what we going to do? 
She's going to be tasked with implementing the diversity, equity, and inclusion plan, which will be at the core of the company's hiring, artistic planning, and audience engagement activities. Okay. She's also uh, charged with identifying the company's systematic and structural inequities while working with the marketing and development departments in broadening the company's base. Um, she's released a statement. Um, she says, I'm thrilled to be joining the Met's very talented team, which is clearly committed to dismantling racial in- inequalities within the institution. The I, don't know I don't know that it's clear, but you know, she got to say that. She, say that. <laughs> she do. They probably sent her outline. <laughs> she, can't, <laughs> she can't be like, wow, what a mess in her press release. <laughs> she can't be like, rolling up my sleeves, getting ready for this doozy in her. <laughs> They don't even try. Um, not y'all banning blackface wow. in like 2009 or something like that. Um, I'm about to say like they're not paying her any. They can they paying her any less than six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a day to undo that. <laughs> um, she goes on to say, I look forward to expanding the work that the Met has embarked on to create a more inclusive workplace that are, that values the diversity of its staff and the audiences it serves. As someone who started out as a dancer, it feels like a wonderful homecoming to return to a performing arts organization, especially one that is determined to elevate all voices and identities. She's worked with um, a couple of other um a couple of other um institutions non-arts related which i think is why she said like it's it's nice to come back i think she was the dean of students at columbia university she's worked with the nba she apparently has a she has a law degree from columbia and served as an assistant district attorney for the state of new york so yeah so (laughs) she is overqualified (laughs) overqualified to undo that mess i don't even gonna be i don't even gonna be receptive to that like to her work well, they are qualify. They are not not new to new met. Not, no. <laughs> that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. That that um, people. Um, okay. I mean, the, and and by the looks, if you go to their comments on their Facebook announcement, it's very clear that their audience is not receptive to it. And I feel like a lot of these institutions are like, we're, you know, we're doing um all this diversity stuff, and and it's gonna be so great, and it's like. Y'all need to really look at what your audience is. Like what a lot mm-hmm. of people who patronize classical music think about black people. <laughs> like someone was just like, wow, quality's going down. Like just explicit, <gasps> just explicit, like, wow, just going downhill, just everything. Like I don't even have this stuff in front of me right now, but a lot of people were, I will say a lot of people were mad um that the met had not been paying their musicians there were some people who who um brought that up and had nothing to do with her but i will say y'all don't know nothing about her contract y'all don't know nothing about when right. she's starting when she's getting paid what they're you know so but a lot of people were using that as an excuse to to talk down about her and just paying all musicians but y'all got over for this bullshit and all that kind of stuff so and what a waste of money, waste of X, Y, and Z. And you guys don't have anything for real talent. Is she going to play the cello? And yeah, all kind of stuff. They you just, texted me about that. And I was like, that's not where my mental health needs to be. Like, that's how I feel like. I don't even know what to say about this. Because it's like, y'all try all these diversity initiatives. First of all, they be surface level. Secondly, 
like listen to your audience they're over here to like godly bob can we go one place without the blacks yeah a lot of people it just it just showed a real a real lack of understanding they were like well nobody is banned from buying tickets to the Mets. so what are you talking about if they don't come nobody's turning them away and and we'll get into that logic later on in this episode i think so i just feel like god should just wrap it up Cause I just feel like there's certain things I cannot believe you if you have that kind of thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the trumpet sound. Cause like, what are we even doing? <laughs> Cause girl, there are almost there are almost 700 comments on that thing. But um, so if you want to go to that post and comment some positive things and congratulate her to you know shift the scale a little bit um i would highly encourage you to do that on on the mets facebook page because they're being real ugly and i mean i'm sure she knows what she's walking into and so she's probably not even over there in the comments but in case she is drop a nice word if you can um i hope his mamas ain't reading none of that that part but um, at the end of the day they typing from they freaking uh never mind But you have to people mattress on the floor. I will tell you that though. With no sheets on it. No sheets. Talking about. I can't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all just be so nasty. Who uh, to lay? Um. Anyway. Um. So next piece of news: the Imani Wins has a new album coming out. Tell um, us about how you know that, Dwayne. I was getting to that. I want you to tell the real story about. I was getting to that. Oh, can't wait for this. Hope you tell it the real way. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm abreast. I don't really even know how you would know if I was telling it the real way because you don't know the real way. I do. I know what I saw and surmised. Anyway, the Mighty Winds is coming out with a new album on February 5th called Brutes. Um, I'm going to put the link in the description to. If you'd like to pre-order the album, <laughs> you're so annoying. I'm you listening. It's pre- a podcast. Anyway, to pre-order the album, what Katie's referring to is that I wrote the review for this album for I Care If You Listen. Um, yeah, that's what happened. That's what she's referring to. I wrote a review of the album. I'm not the editor in chief. There literally is an editor in chief. I sent yeah. my article to her to edit. <laughs> Formality. Yeah, sure. Great. So, yeah. So that's gonna who be among the, us. Literally everybody on their contributors page among us. <laughs> that's who. Okay, invited. Period. That's all. Applied. Okay. Open application. Anybody off the street. They chose you. And among others. You don't know that. I do know that How because you know? they told me that. People. You know. What. <laughs> People feel <laughs> y'all see y'all see how she do. People anyway. feel stuff up, you know, just to make sure that you don't, you know, they want to keep you, you know. No, I don't know. Elaborate. You know. No, I don't. Well, you know. No. Well. Wow. Who among uh, first the keynote? What's next? You got a book? You got a movie deal? Wow. I'm just happy to be. But a speck of dust on your resume. Ah, 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 this is so exciting. 
Bunny won't ever let me be excited for her. Let me be excited. We're at a panini. I literally, I literally did that when the keynote thing happened. And this is a completely different thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, Katie. Um. Anyway, we're gonna see how this works out because that was the first time I. That was my first time writing something that was like I don't know an article is like different. So it definitely came out a little too academic my first draft, but that's what editors are for. So. That's going to be linked in the description. But the more important thing is that you pre-order their album. It comes out on the 5th. And um, Delaney's article. Are you going to link that? Yes. Your, did your assistant do that? Or like... The same person that does the in this episode for every episode? Me? Yes. You don't have to be... You don't have to be, you know, shy here. I'm not. Her assistant will link it. Great. Yeah, my second personality. She will link it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but... I forgot my my train of thought. Oh yeah, it's a great it's, it's a great album. It has a three has three world premieres on it, and it's blackity black black. So we love to see it. Um, and then our last piece of news this week is just a quick little um job opportunity over at Flutronics. If you don't know about Flutronics, they are a flute duo to black women flute duo. They do a lot of like um different genres of music uh you know fusing classical and hip-hop and neo-soul a lot of different things they are hiring a um i think they said it was a publications associate and they'd like someone with experience um in that and also in marketing um and so i'll link their jobs page so you can see more about the qualifications um the hours the responsibilities etc etc and that's it okay Moving on. All right, y'all. Welcome back. We are joined today by our dear friend. You heard us mention them all the time. Uh, we are here with Clifton Joey Gidry. You know, just to talk about some things um, that's been going on with y'all in the classical <laughs> music space. And, um, you know, T and all that other stuff. But before we do that, um, Joey, you're going to participate in intermission with okay. us so it's gonna be real cute delaney we've done this before like way 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 back like early classically black um early classically black episodes i'm gonna keep it a buck like low-key clifton we you know we look trifling you know what i'm saying so i was like i wanted to i thought i would, I would bring this back since you will be with us today okay this is called overrated or underrated there's Ooh, no in the <laughs> there's there's no in the middle okay because i think i let if i remember correctly because this is like when i was back in rochester so it had to be way early classically but i let delaney be like i don't know that i'm like uh-uh, i want you gotta pick one and i i know sometimes stuff don't really be like i feel like the last time we did it, it was like um drake or something and it's like he's not underrated but it's nor is he overrated you know what i'm saying yeah. Gotta pick one. Okay, ready? Yeah, that's hard because both me and Joey are Libras, right? So oh, you're also a Libra. Ooh. that's why I can't decide. Yeah, but. we we gonna, we gonna fight through this. Okay, <laughs> we, we, we'll get through it. I also um tailored some of these things um to Joey's interests because <laughs> they're a guest, so we gonna do all we do. Okay, first one. We are gonna start easy. First one, classical music, overrated or underrated? Overrated. Depends on who you ask, but uh, not the Libra. I'm not on the first one. 
No, I mean, for people in classical music, I think it's overrated. For people outside, it's underrated. You know what I mean by that? Like, I feel like yeah. classical music, classical musicians are true. They give it, they give classical music too much sometimes. Bro. You know, they'd be like, it's the pinnacle of everything. The music, the purest music ever. Like, it's not all of that. But then some people, you know, they may not know that there's some classical music that it'd be, it'd be out here. So, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. That's Joey a good point. A okay, but no, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> It could be overrated within our community, but it will always be underrated because the people in our community think they're too high to explain it and make it accessible to people not in our community. Mm. But that's just my take. Okay, I'm going to say classical music is underrated for the reason, that's not what I was going to say before, but for the reason that Delaney said. I feel like how we as black people experience classical music and what we bring to the table in classical music I feel like that is underrated and I feel like black people we're very community driven so we have a way of bringing people in Mm -hmm. so and I feel like once we bring people in we'll be like you don't hear how that little thing that little line right there like that and then that line go up and while that one go down and it's Mm -hmm. like (laughs) that's lit (laughs) so I'm gonna say that okay somebody's Somebody tweeted us about the ostinato because Katie said that Meg the Stallion used ostinato and body, body yaddy 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 yaddy. Like, listen, like that's underrated. Underrated. Okay, the next one: classical musicians, overrated or underrated? I'll say it's underrated. I would agree. Because after y'all, Katie's sorority sister said, you still play the piano? I thought you just did that for school. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. Didn't know that the RPO got paid to play instruments. Like, I think it's underrated, though, the amount of skill, the amount of discipline and dedication it takes to play an instrument at that level is totally, like, people have no idea. Gotta make reads every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will say that, like, my sorority says, I've already talked about it on the show, they are hilarious because I'll say the story again, just in case we got new li- listeners and I, I don't think I've told Joey this, but so my uh, sorority threw me at a going away party when I left Rochester. So I was talking to, um, like, I, I finally, like, got into the orchestral space. So they, I've never been in that space before around them, right? So they were, like, asking me questions and stuff, had no idea. They The fact that y'all thought that the RPO just got together five times a week because they just love music and will volunteer. (laughs) It's a club. It was hilarious to me. They were asking me about pay and they were like, you get how much? So she was out. She was, uh, one of my stories was asking me about like, Oh, you know what I'm saying? Um, how much does orchestral payers get made make? So I, you know, I said that she was like, what? And I was like, but yeah, like certain roles, like, the the oboes, for example, makes X amount of money, especially the top tier orchestras that make you're looking at like several hundred thousand dollars. She's like, "Where's the oboe store? My son is going to the oboe store now." And she said, his, "I'm not gonna say her son's name on on the, on the thing, but she was like, I'm taking him to the oboe store tomorrow. Where is it?'" I'm like, "But Nat, it, like you know, Nat is like the oboe store. Where's the oboe store? You know, I thought it was just so funny uh, because I was like." There's so much in that. I'm not saying, of course, I would never say, like, her son can't do it, ever. Of course he can't. And I met, like, I met her son. Her son is super, like, perfect oboist. <laughs> super smart. Like, period. Be great. Um, 
I think classical musicians are overrated in personality. I think a lot, I find a lot of them, I find a lot of them to be dense. I find a lot of them to be, um, what's it called? What's the word I'm looking for? Like rude. I, I find a lot of them yeah. to be like classical music is the pinnacle of everything. Classical music is the center of my existence. The music comes first. Like, yeah. I got into a discussion today about with someone who I don't really care for, and they were like, "Oh, um, like, oh, if you tell someone something is out of tune, it's that's not being mean." I'm like, "Right, but delivery and also classical musicians have yeah. classical musicians have a first of all." I'm an adult, you're an adult. Like, I don't care what the relationship is with conductor or whatever. Like, we have to understand that you're not gonna tell grown people, this is a mess, guys. Huh? Yeah, you're you're, and also you're both there. Like, okay. in this time and place. Like, I don't- like, I'm not right. really walking down the hall with the practice rooms, but like, that was out of tune. Like, girl, we both here at the same school, doing the same thing. Also, you minding your business, I'm minding mine. Like, time and place. Yeah. It's a lot of coaching. Like. Yeah, I find, like, I feel like the classical musicians that I hang out with, I find them to be, this is going to sound, like, rude, but I find them to be normal. Like, they don't foam at the mouth when you when you ask them, what do you do besides play your instrument? You know? So I find, I mean, and I've been, like, navigating this space, like, I've been, I created a community for myself when I lived in Rochester. Like, I, I created that for myself. And then even after graduating Eastman, I stayed in that community and I'm in a completely different environment. And I also have like a, a larger like global community where like I talk to different black musicians across, not even just black, I, I talk to other musicians sometimes too. And normally if I keep a, if I keep a relationship with you, it's because like you have good interpersonal skills and you're not pretentious and if, you forgot to play if, if for whatever reason you couldn't play your instrument tomorrow you wouldn't you wouldn't like spiral mm -hmm. like that's the type of thing but you know i'm biased right now so I'm really good it, for me it's like music to me is f like filled with so many so many so many different sounds i know it sounds deep deep oh jesus christ fake deep as shit but it just whenever i go to a festival or meet new people or like whatever conservatory whatever it's just so sad if I'm like, oh, do you listen to um, Solange or Meg or Ari Lennox? And like, who is that? And I was like, that is why your Mozart sounds like that. Because you don't know any other styles. The fact that so many people weren't, that's in our field, weren't like, oh my God, did you listen to Jasmine Sullivan? You know, it's just like Ari Lennox dropped the best line of text and music I have ever heard in my life why aren't people flipping their shit over that you know like you have a music degree it explore it yeah. explore all of it like just stop making your shit sound so stale be influenced and i was um i wasn't i was in a class sorry struggled to say that um i was in a class the other day and the professor like plays music before we like as we come in and stuff like on the zoom or whatever it's cute and so she was she was talking about like an article in the New Yorker and front page. I know I know we're at music school, right? But at the top of the page, taking up a third of it was Jasmine Sullivan's new uh, album, and she skipped over that to go to the classical section. I'm like, this is one of the most innovative albums that we've gotten in a long time, and you talking about some random performance on Zoom, girl? Exactly. 
Whatever. I know y'all just had a whole episode on this, and I loved it. But just before we move on, <laughs> this heifer here, like, I just... <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened? I'm just going to say the line. Because it's when she said, do you know what Google says? Yes, but I know what that dick says, because it speaks life into me. I have never felt so seen. <laughs> <laughs> My entire life. Also, like, Not seen. It was just, I felt like one of my other, or one of our friends, mutual friends, texted me and said that she put her hands up and said, hallelujah, because it just, it hit home. But it's not just that. Cause I don't know if y'all touched on this last week. This is the first major album I've ever heard an open lesbian love story on. You know, like there was yeah. so many things on here and the ham and organ you know talk about mm-hmm. playing these niggas take their money <laughs> it's just, I mean, there is so much to this and it was like i don't even like putting these terms with r&b because r&b is of its own and it's amazing i watched an opera or i listened to an opera like it was so entertaining it, it, amazing yeah it reminded me of our song when i heard yeah, like that's what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. Um, Birkenstocks, overrated or underrated? Underrated. They're so comfortable. I feel like we gave the Caucasians this shoe and we shouldn't have. They're so great. They can smell. I can tell. That's why you're making that face. Um, You just have to slap some good socks on them. They're not for summer. Birkenstocks should not be for summer because you sweat and then the, like, the cord rubs against your feet. It's just a mess. But they're for winter and they're underrated. You need good socks. And they have them with a little fur now. I think they're overrated. <laughs> I was going to say the same. I just think that, like, they're expensive. Yeah, for some slippers. Yeah, that's that's sandals. true. Oh, I mean, sandals would be more appropriate, huh? But yeah, you Drip know. Drip or drown, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going to conservatory. Overrated or underrated? Oh. I feel bad for this one because I'm really fighting it because there's two answers to this for me. But I said I, I want to play by my own rules, so I got to figure out which one I'm going to say. Oh, how can I work around this? <laughs> <laughs> That's me when I get some new music. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, because that Boom Boom Cat kid different. <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. I have to break your rules. So <laughs> you can't do that. I'm not gonna let you get away with that. Pick. <laughs> it's underrated, and this is why it's heartbreaking when I hear teachers tell their students this. Because I have one student, and he's 16 and just amazing. I'm so proud of him. You know, we're at the time of taking schools, and his dad was asking me. Like, what's it between conservatory and um, state school? And I don't know if y'all know, but I went to state school for two years. So, but like, I can talk about this. Um, the quality of education I got at Peabody, tremendous, amazing. You know, the fact that, like, I was conducted by Leon Fleischer twice. You know, Maren Alsop, I went to her conducting class to play in every Monday. I could, I mean, I'm not saying I could be a conductor, but I learned how to communicate with a conductor learned how to ask for what I need and what they <clears throat> should be giving me. That is just not what I was going to get at SFA. Like, it's just, that's just a fact. Now, with all of that great education, I got a tremendous amount of equal racism. So, it's, 
it's a tough but I think they're underrated because I feel like we are lying to people to lying to students when we say it doesn't matter where you go and it that feeds into a lot of classism elitism institutionalism it, but it's so tough it's so that's a that's a tough thing. yeah I'm gonna I, I go back and forth as a person who went to state school for undergrad and then went to a conservatory for grad I'm have to agree with you yet is it like it feeds into a lot of elitism for sure but because I have the experience I feel like there is not one person that went to state and then went to conservatory or went to conservatory and went to state can honestly say that it does not matter where you go people my teacher at ISU like we have a, we have a great relationship now it was a little bit different back then but one thing about her she could teach okay mamas could teach she could teach okay and and I learned a lot I learned a lot but when I got that Eastman on my my resume I barely have to do anything we're not gonna act like exactly and then also I mean obviously I don't want to like say that like I don't want people thinking you know not over here come the lights talking about you know freaking old you know but i'm saying like eastman got me into some doors that would have been low-key this podcast i'm trying to figure out how many people will really listen to it if it wasn't two black girls from eastman you know i feel like that that plays into it and then also i see the differences the amount of resources i had at eastman in comparison to isu i mean i feel like eastman's a little bit like unfair because of sibley but every music school has a music library ISU had a had a music section at the exactly. at the school library, you know, in the back, in the back on the fourth floor. Okay, exactly. Yes. And the, and the only reason why there was a bunch of viola works there is because my teacher advocated, like she'll be like, okay, buy this and buy this and buy this and buy this. So it's like it feeds into elitism and it's like not fair. But and I feel like I I found a lot of people like that's why I don't like to say where I went to school sometimes because it's like. I don't want people to be like, oh, well, I went here. That's always, I've, I've found out that's always like a defense. Like, oh, well, I went here and I learned a lot of my teacher and da, da, da. I'm like, girl, I didn't even say none of that. Like, I'm just here. We here. We just here, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like I've, I've seen the differences. I've seen the resources available. I've seen, I feel like, yeah, conservatory is underrated. What you finna say, Delaney? Delaney been over there so, with that face. Okay. Well, no, because I do agree with everything y'all said, but I'm just trying to think. I was trying to think, like, what would be the argument for the other side? Because I know you said there's two answers to the question. I can tell There you. are two answers to the question. Right um, and then I also don't have the experience. I've never been to a state school, though. I've only been to Eastman. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the overrated because I, although I do agree that underrated is also a correct answer for those reasons because it's just a lot of the resources the dis- like just the amount of master classes and like yeah. just the extra things that supplement your education that you get more of at a conservatory however i will say that they are overrated because of the prestige and um I guess just the way that they're framed as arts institutions and musical institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to use Eastman as a direct example because Eastman coins itself as a comprehensive school of music and there is nothing comprehensive. There is nothing comprehensive. The curriculum at Eastman. <laughs> not <Nothing>. one. <laughs> Resources and all. There's not one thing comprehensive at Eastman except the comprehensive debt. The, oh, fuck. The only thing... <laughs> 
The only thing about Eastman, and I think this is actually the only thing that they have that they that they hold themselves on of being comprehensive, comprehensive, is that they have the most. They have a variety of degree programs. Like you can't get a master's in ethnomusicology at Juilliard. You know, like you can't like. So they have the tracks all the way through for like music ed ethnomusicology, arts leadership, musicology, all of that kind of stuff. But it's like, what's the point of all that? I would never, first of all, I would never go and look, looking at Eastman's course offerings and faculty, go to study something like ethnomusicology. Mm-hmm. Unless I was studying like Gamelan, because they have that, you know, like, but, or like Embira, because they have mm-hmm. that. But like, like just black music, like American music, like I'm not going to be taking something on 14th century motets and and my my research focus is on Stevie Wonder. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Exactly. So the only reason why I I would say overrated is because like they're they're given the status as like these musical institutions that are just so great. But y'all are great at one thing. I don't want to put your business out there, Katie. But that situation where somebody asks you, hey, did you know any? composers, any black composers from this yeah. time period, and they got a freaking doctor in front of their name. Do you know any? Like, <laughs> you know? Me. What? Yeah. Like, that's, so that's what I mean about the the overrated. That's my argument for that. Yeah, it's, you know, because now, when I was at Manus, it, I don't know if they'll hear this, but to me, it's not a conservatory. Because um, it's not conservative. You know? It's so open, and with it being with the new school, I have never, I hate institutions, and I was like, I'm going back, you know, <laughs> like, in the, for a random-ass semester. It's, it all, it just so depends on what the school is structuring, what they let you focus on. Mm-hmm. If they want you to do this 14th century motet, then shit, give you a semester where you get to do whatever the fuck you want, you know? It just, these schools pride themselves exactly on this elitism and everything, but, like, you are not teaching them how to be a diverse musician. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I will say, like, that that narrative of, like, you don't have to go to this school, da, 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 like, I do want to say that, and I've said it before, I did not go to Eastman because it was Eastman. I went into Eastman because I had no idea I could get into a school like that. So I already yeah. said, if I get into that school, I'm going. I said, I don't care how much it costs i don't care also the idea of studying with a black teacher was so profound to me i didn't even know this was before i got into the gateway space before i had knew any of that stuff i didn't even know i mean and my other my second choice was a black teacher i didn't even know these people existed i was like i see they're gonna be ohio state or eastman but if i get into eastman i'm going to eastman that's what it was it wasn't like okay so i'm applied to curtis eastman julia because i can only go there you know it was none of that it was like i was my if I did not get in the Eastman, I was going straight to Ohio State. So it's like I understand and also yeah, I understand both. It's it's tough, but I feel like Yeah, there's no really that's what makes it hard. There's no really And I am right there with you, Katie, when I was at SFA, I had like yeah, people had racism, but that country ass Nacogdoches, East Texas ass racism was a special cook kind of raccoon. Like it just <laughs> What did you just <laughs> say? <laughs> realize how country as fuck I really I am. did not like, until this moment what was that country 
it just it's 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 too much. It was too much. So I did the same thing. I didn't apply to any other schools. My friend Natalie was already at Peabody. She was like, We need bassoons next year. They have bad scholarships. And my mom said, like, if you don't get a full ride, your ass gonna stay right here, either at University of Houston or going back. So it was like, Yeah, if I get in, I am going. I didn't know what conservatory meant until I got to my first lesson and that nigga was just like, So what are we memorizing this semester? <laughs> What are you doing next week? You know, I was just like, what am I eating for lunch today? You know, like, what is this? When I told I you. for like six hours a week with studio class, rep class, orchestra rep class. It was too much. It was too much. When I tell you, my first like welcome to Eastman moment was I came in on a viola concerto year. So we said, I was like, okay, why don't you go ahead and learn the Walton? You know what I'm saying? Like, that'd be real cute just to give it a try or whatever. I said, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, it's hard, but you know, I'm going to learn that joint. First studio class. Four people get up and play Walton from top to bottom. I was looking around like <laughs> I was looking dumb because everybody was sitting there like it was normal. I'm looking around. Yes. I get to the I, I pull one dude over. This this he was real cool. I pulled him up. I said, Oh, you gotta play the whole thing for the concerto competition? He was like, Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, because I see you play one movement. He said, That's weird. I said, No, this is weird. <laughs> They I said, play you. this is weird. That's not, that, it is August. You played that top to movement one, two, and three. I said, Mr. Taylor, what's the next thing you going to give me? Because we not, what's the next thing we're going to do? <laughs> we going to play eight to the sun? What are we going to do? Because that's not going to be it. I'm not, what? He's like, well, yeah, we learned concertos in one month over here. I said, <laughs> <laughs> they will slap the shit out of you with that reality. Like, just so. Yeah, it was I was just so quietly. It, didn't see it, it was loud that day. Oh. It was. I, <laughs> when he kept, I'm telling you, I was looking so stupid. I, I was looking like when he kept going. I was, in my mind, I still remember this day. In my mind, I was like, oh, he probably just like you know, he probably been working on this for a while. He probably just gonna play, but it's probably gonna be the first. It's probably gonna be the first moment for the for the for the little thing. I didn't know, and also I think Eastman does it weird though. I didn't know that everybody, all forty violists, are preparing Walton. That's weird. Yeah. Y'all are weird. <laughs> I like that system, though. Well, when it I think rotates. It, yeah, I think the reason for that is also because of the orchestra. Like, because of how we do cycles, and we do multiple cycles a year, like, the orchestra needs to be ready with the concerto that's going to be played. Um, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. for my school, like, my uh, my high school had a concerto competition. It was a competition was, like, way before, so the orchestra could learn the mm-hmm. music before mm-hmm. the concert. But since we have like two, three weeks in a cycle, like it's like mm. y'all got to be practicing it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because a bassoon is not beating Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto. It's not happening. You know, that's another like, thing. I like, yeah, the, the rotation. Bassoon is not really beating anybody. They're gonna come for me, but we we don't have the rep for that. You know, so I like it when they. Mm-hmm. But it sucks that it's like every three four years. If you're a master's student, you probably miss. It's it. less for that for the wins. So they be they be. Uh, viola, bass be like every two years. There'll be a violin concert at least one every year, cello. But the I don't even know. I think I saw a bassoon one once or twice in my time at Eastman. But it seems like it's less. For, they don't have like a set amount. Yeah, viola's every other year because I w- it was it was um you, you just be tired of hearing the studio class. I was tired of hearing bars. Like I'm like I might as well learn it too then. You know it's like you're tired of hearing it. I feel bad. Yeah, the dude from my studio that won the most recent one, we went home because of COVID. We oh, never performed it. 
And I'm a, they didn't put that back on the thing. He's a senior now. They could put that on the cycle. He won the competition. But, but you know, East would just be vibes. You can't even just fight everything that be got going on there. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. I'm almost done, kind of. Okay. Insecure, overrated or underrated? The show? What the yeah. Fuck? Girl, underrated. Underrated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we in the group chat together for Insecure, right? I'm just. <laughs> 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 okay, let's keep going then. Obviously what underrated. Obviously underrated. I can stand okay. Issa. I didn't know he gonna throw a curveball. No, I, I would. I hang up this call right now. <laughs> also, I, I would never talk down to black women in front of all these people. <laughs> like, um, four thirty-three. Overrated or underrated? I want yes. Joey to answer first because you know that's they neck of the woods. So it's overrated, and this is why John Cage absolutely shit on Julius Eastman every chance he got and brought up Steve Reich every chance that he got. John Cage is one of the most racist people that have ever walked on this earth. And every time I see a piece like that, every time I see a contemporary piece or sometimes free improv and it's done by white people, it is the most bullshit fucking white mediocre shit I've ever seen in my goddamn life. So it's extremely overrated. Because if there was some substance behind it, maybe, maybe, but no, it's bullshit. It no, no. It was him trying to make some statement that fell flat. But since he's white and he picks mushrooms, it's it's all okay. I can't believe. I mean, I can't believe that they let him get away with that. But that's so ridiculous. Overrated. It's ridiculous. I can't believe people are buying it. buying sheet music, buying with real green money, with USD <laughs> <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> I definitely think it's overrated. I think, but the concept yeah, is very... Stuff. It's very woo-woo. Yeah. Not, what's woo-woo? The re-movement conference. You know, woo-woo. You know, like, granola, socks, and sandals. Woo-woo. Right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> woo-woo. Woo-woo. lamp. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Crystals. Sage. Woo-woo. Not the crystal sage. Oh, I got sage right here. Right? That's ours. We, we can follow Santo. You know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. I got two more. Trader Joe's. Now, context. Joey and I, we have an extensive conversations about Trader Joe's and what we found. So. <laughs> but I have a sad answer. Someone who actually has been if you pandemic. if you disappoint me on this year's show, Clifton, my whole fridge is Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is underrated. That is the one of the best grocery stores. Ah, 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 ah. Trader Joe's, yeah, okay, not a grocery store, yeah, it's a snack shop. It's a snack because shop. you don't know what you're doing. Trader Joe's one of the best. <laughs> Trader Joe's one of the best grocery stores ever. Their products, they got all different type of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you be really... I do. I razzle down something up. I be like, I really made that because they have different... You could do anything that has Zook sauce. Let me put you on game. Okay. It's just, I don't need a Build-A-Bear for a grocery store. It... Don't look at me. <laughs> no! It's... It's for snacks. Okay, if I'm it's going to picnic, I'm going to Trader Joe's. If I'm going on a flight, once this is over, um, I will go to Trader Joe's. 
But for grocery, or if I'm having like a little get together, baby, what you doing? I, no, here's why. I don't like all my vegetables like prepackaged. A lot of times, I've gotten vegetables from Trader Joe's. They're so moldy, and we're not gonna act like that doesn't happen. That happens to you because I've never my produce be all fresh Trader Joe's. All of that New York is a little wild. That's you. That's you. I don't know. I don't know what you got going on over there. But in Memphis and Rochester, where who where else? I mean, yeah, they got some little cute stuff. I got some butternut squash the other week where I, where I just put a little one two, open That's it up. True. I they agree. do have that, but I have me a whole acorn squash in there from there. The kale be fresh. The the romaine fresh. The arugula you. fresh. It's no, you underrated. are not, baby. You better. It's better. underrated. It's underrated. But it could be better. Here's the other thing <laughs> that no. Uh so why okay, here's the thing. We need to talk about. Do you not remember that their dumplings used to be called Trader Ming? Okay. Or so they the are salsa pro- was Trader Jose. They are. Yeah, they, they, they be doing that. Okay, yes. They be doing they, that. They are problematic. They are okay. They are problematic. <laughs> I will. I'm also waiting for say, them to have. They 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 frozen fried chicken. Uh, Trader LaQuisha. <laughs> Trader Jemima. That 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 seems exactly like something they would do. <laughs> that does. Okay. That that is true. They are problematic. Also. I, I want another huge problem I have with Trader Joe's is who they cater to yes. deliberately. Yes. I definitely have to drive. I'm in one of the blackest cities of America in America. I have to drive 30 minutes east to go to Trader Joe's. I do it every time, but I have to drive Absolutely. 30 minutes east. When I lived in Rochester, Eastman, I know they hate to admit it, but they right in the middle of the hood. I had to drive all the way to Pittsburgh to go to Trader Joe's. Okay, so I know what they be doing, and they tried to come. They they tried to come different and they put up they put that's where Aldi came from, right? That's the same company. That people ain't know that. Oh, okay. That's where Aldi came from. They were like, Okay, the blacks can have Aldi and then try to keep it like that's why some of you you'll find similar ideas at Aldi. However, that okay, let me put you on game. Let me tell you about someone. I already did a video on my channel about this, but that Japanese fried rice they got. That and then really uh, they got like seven types of tofu. They got that whole like that whole section, that little hole by the vegetables. Where they got, I mean, you know me Trader Joe's groups. I'm in on Facebook. I want to see what the girls have bought. So we're in a cult. It's like we've surpassed sun, sun dry. You could <laughs> let me tell you that flatbread they oh, got. This, this this whole thing was just an excuse for Katie to talk about Trader Joe's. That flatbread okay. they got, you can make a oh, personal yeah, pizza. Honest. They have. They, you can get that flatbread. They put that. You put some sun-dried tomatoes. They got vegan mozzarella. They got vegan sausages. You put a little arugula on top. They got balsamic drizzle. Well, who, who among us? What grocery store among us can you get all that? Ain't one. They also got the best oat milk, period. They make better oat milk than oat lean. Their oat milk is very good. But I don't very like good. how they call it oat drink. Or a blueberry oat drink. Who oh, that blueberry oh that lavender oat drink be slapping too. But you know what? what? Drink. Yeah, because they try not to get in trouble by calling them milk the ladies. Because Trader Joe's need to be cutting you a check. They do. Not you strong arming people. <laughs> I'm just disappointed in Joey because when I tell you, I literally text Joey and I be like. What you get for Trader Joe's? And they'd be like, oh, girl, I got this, this, and this. And now we're in front of all these people. Katie, how long does it take you to reply to me? Whoa, wow. The violence. The violence. I will send you a good vegan tweet, a good air fry recipe, 
Yeah, that seems like something you will be able to make. Do you just oil? I don't, but See, that seems like this isn't me and Katie. <laughs> <laughs> you take the corn tortillas and you cut it. I saw the video. I, I literally do that with you. Uh, do you could do that with a deep fryer? So I'm but like, why the would same. you? It's no, not the same. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> y'all interrupted me behind a freaking kitchen gadget. It's, it's more than that. <laughs> I, what I'm trying to like, say is, why would you not be able to do that in an air fryer? I just don't understand why people were surprised. That just seems like <laughs> something you will be able to do in an air fryer. The air fryer is the best kitchen appliance. In Talk about it. Is it a conventional it. oven? Maybe. But is it what about it? It absolutely is. It's different. It reminds me of Back to the Future 2 um, when they were in 2015 or something. But no, it is the best I it is the best. Use my I, oven. I don't, I don't use my oven. oven. What my does oven. it do? What does it do that other kitchen appliances don't? It's do? so fast. It's fast, and it it just it makes, makes everything convenient. You can make a whole yes. meal in the air fryer. You can bake cookies like you could on the stove, but the stove takes it's longer. Hot. Yeah, it does. And like just you just start when you need to be throwing stuff in there, it get all crispy. Like you don't even have to like use additional oil. Like uh, mm, sometimes you can do you can spray with a little razzle dazzle, but you ain't dunking it in grease. You know? I make pork belly in my air fryer today. See? Crispy, juicy pork belly. And, and it's like fifteen minutes. And adulthood is sad, yeah. but now you got an easy bake oven. Yeah. Come on, early two thousands. Delaney, go to your air fryer. But we had one. My mom gave it away. Oh! <gasps> she okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I but know. back to Trader Joe's. This is where I stand. <laughs> it is underrated. If it was closer to me, I would go more. I live in New York. We can't drive. You can, but I'm not going to die that way. So, <laughs> it's closer. And Whole Foods is a real grocery store. So... Hopefully, it's cheaper than Trader Joe's. No, I it's not Trader Joe's. No, I will. This is a hill I will die on. You, no, one of many, no. Katie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, Whole Foods is cheaper than Trader Joe's. Whole Foods is I'm not sorry. cheaper. It's In not. It's not. Whole Foods is a whole lot of money. Whole Foods is very okay. expensive. There's Since never been the a time. Devil Jeff Bezos has bought it. It's actually cheaper. Some mirror. Oh, like great. <laughs> it is not cheaper than Trader Joe's. I go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's every week. Every week, I go. I go. When I go to Whole Foods. I get six items for fifty dollars. What you getting? I feel like that's you. Uh uh-uh, uh. Whole Foods is not cheaper. I'm not than trying to gaslight you, but like no. <laughs> Joey, I can get just egg. Joey. You can't get vegan egg at Trader Joe's. You cannot. You no, cannot. I'm allergic. What am I supposed to do at Trader Joe's? Not okay. Do you can't get everything at any grocery store. What can I not get from Whole Foods? You can't get that Zooks. I bet you ain't. I bet you ain't got no hot links over there. I bet you they ain't got no. Hot they links. got hot fries. See, they got Red they Rooster. Got healthy one. What's Red Rooster? Uh, see, no. Hot sauce. Yup. Now you they don't have... get the Louisiana hot sauce. That is Louisiana. Louisiana and Red Rooster are very similar. No, Red Rooster no, is don't a. Don't do this. Yes, they are. They're in lit- California. Don't. We're not playing this. What game. do you mean I'm from California? So. 
Delaney, Delaney, I just realized I why Delaney was getting so emotional when I realized it's hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> no, but because I use Louisiana. I do use Louisiana, but Red Rooster is a Louisiana style hot sauce. If you taste the Red Rooster, Louisiana is a little bit hotter than Red Rooster. Mm. Red Rooster is a little bit saltier than Louisiana. See, but listen, salty. I didn't say salty, I said saltier. <laughs> listen, but you guys say I'm from, I'm from California. What that mean? Like, I understand, whatever, I understand, but also. I am, yeah, I I know, but I'm just saying, listen, I'm a hot no. sauce connoisseur. The only kept hot sauce is in her dorm room. It like, just, multiple I ones. But it's like, when your last name is Guidry, Guillory, Boudreaux, Rebus Show, hot sauce is just in your blood. That's the why the frog, he was like, where your people from, Shreveport? It that... Are you from Shreveport? The point is, they don't have it at Whole Foods. That's the point. They and don't. you over here caping for Whole Foods. You over here caping for the Whole Foods. Which is technically Whole Foods. Jeff Bezos is a trillionaire in the middle of a global parabola. And here you are. And Trader Joe's didn't support the union. We're talking about Whole Foods. And you are supporting him. How dare you? I will, we will have this conversation <laughs> offline because did I say you just ordered something off of Amazon. When did I say that? That little washer. Not Where did you get it from. We did that before. I said that before we started recording. Now, Joe. What's <laughs> <laughs> your last Amazon purchase? I'm not gonna talk about my unhealthy obsession with Amazon. Like that's another problem. Okay, listen. But, you know you can't escape <laughs> it. Here's the thing. We're gonna talk about it a lot today. Apparently. You can't get away from capitalism. If I'm not supposed to go to the store, where the fuck do I order it? Amazon. He has ruined us. He did it. He has and benefited from it. Yeah, he... I was talking with someone today about his amount of money. I mean, can you imagine waking up, you want sushi for breakfast, so I'm gonna go to Japan. Or I want a croissant, so I'm gonna go to Paris. And now I want a time because I'm gonna go to Italy. And then go back home. I can't even fathom that lifestyle. Like I can't. I want to get to a point where, like, I wake up in the morning and don't think about my Chase balance. That's where I'm trying to get to. <laughs> you gonna do that check thing? Do and I'll be like, and then also, I got, an, I got an argue with my friend about this because she's saying Chase don't do this. Chase, the problem I have with Chase, several problems. The problem I have with Chase is that you will pay for something and doesn't post your account right away, and then you log back in two days later, and all of a sudden you got fifteen dollars in your bank account. How, like, why does it, it should clear right away? Take the money now, so I know what's good with it. It's too much. This is very ghetto. I, I, I could, I, I wish I was a tree frog. Okay, I think uh, Trader Joe's is underrated. Did you say, Glennie? I was underrated. Period. Yeah, I think, I think we're agreeing to agree. Yeah, it sounds like it. Anyway, last one. Cause we're not even at the topic. It's been an hour. Um, I'm, I'm still on Whole Foods with the Nah. You're not gonna come for me in my hot sauce, Joey. <laughs> that has that is a permanent stain on our relationship. That's okay. We'll make it. I don't. I, <laughs> I wouldn't think so because you're not gonna say what is Red Rooster. Would they probably do they have in Louisiana? Cause I do. No, you know, I'm gonna make it up to you tonight. I eat. I, I listen. I drink hot sauce out the bottle. I'm not even gonna I'm lie. Gonna post a <laughs> of a certain composer on my Instagram story today, and it will make it all better. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> I feel like my parents are arguing. <laughs> oh, after, after all of that? <laughs> you were screaming. <laughs> I turned my volume, my volume down.
Last one. New York City. Overrated or underrated? Someone else go this hits home. Wow. Um, I haven't been to New York in a very, very long time. I would say probably over, how old am I? Definitely over a decade. It's been definitely over a decade. So, so that being said, knowing that I don't know a ton about New York City, I'm going to say overrated just because of, I don't like cities that are too, I'm from LA, so we're spread, we're a big city, but we're spread out. Mm-hmm. New York is so, ooh, so compact that I can't do that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say overrated too. Now, when I go to New York City, I enjoy it. I was there before the panorama. Oh, yeah, we were supposed to meet up we when I went out with Jasmine. We um, never met. Oh, my God. Wow, that's terrifying. That is nuts. Pen pal. Literally a pen pal. <laughs> Literally a pen pal. But, yeah, I just don't, so after we, we Jasmine and I met in, that's when I met in Brooklyn, like, like on my little, on the edge of Brooklyn and Manhattan, because I was at MSM. And then I dropped her off, like, at, at on the edge of Queens, right? Because and she took the train to her house. There is no <laughs> reason why it Four took hours. me two hours yeah. to go from Queens to get to New Jersey. That made me upset. And also, I don't, I, it's hilarious that I wanted to go to that school so badly because I hate walking and I hate public transportation. And you must do those things there or your life will be, it's, it will be inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I mean, but I do like the things that the city has to offer. Like I think it'll be fun. But also, I don't, I like big cities, but also I feel like I'll be overwhelmed by that. Like it's too and I, was, I hate taking the train. I hate that. I hate, I would hate that lifestyle. I would hate, like, when I go to the store, I, I pick up my heart's desire. You got to put stuff in backpacks. And, and like, okay, I don't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know how to play ahead. Um, I will say it's underrated for, I agree with you with the public transportation because I hate that shit. So if it's raining, I have to take an Uber because I live 10 minutes from the subway. But um, it's there's so much more to the city that is not talked about, and I guess coming from Texas and like being gay forever and always wanting to move here, it's like oh I'm here. Um, and pre the whole Papa John's outside, it was very fun. But now seeing how much community comes together in Brooklyn, at least, um, and the support. Because I live in a really old Caribbean Jamaican neighborhood, and it's really amazing to see these people care for each other. The way that my family, ooh, let me not say that. People I know <laughs> in Houston who are very Christian claim that they're supposed to act, but they don't. So um, that is really amazing, and just all the hidden gems here. I think the tourism is extremely, extremely overrated here. But there's so much more to the city. It's gonna be sad when I have to leave. So it's yeah, I think it's underrated. Thank God you have to explore. But I will say the fact that for me to get from my house to MSM took an hour and a half to go seven miles yeah. is absurd. Like I don't know where. I mean, obviously, I made it quite clear that I feel like my final destination will be outside of this country. 
but it's gonna have to be like somewhere where I can drive. I grew up like that. My mom used to drop me off at school every morning. I live five minutes away from my house. Okay, my mom would drop me off at school every morning on her way to work because I was on her way. School was five minutes from my house. She picked me up after school, took me home. I, my, it's blame her, spoiled. So every time it's like I have to be in a drivable city. That's just something that that. And that's just like I can't, and it's too many people. It's too many people. Oh, sorry. Going back to your Trader Joe's question, a big reason I'm not Trader Joe's anymore is because I got fucking Corona from Trader Joe's. That's the biggest reason I have not gone this entire pandemic because it was the day after new school closed, and New York just like lost its goddamn mind, rightfully so. But I thought I was doing something by waking up at like 6 a.m., gonna go to Trader Joe's in the morning, stock up, and everything was fine. I waited in line for three hours with no mask, because this is when New York was like, don't wear a mask, and all that shit. Body aches next day. Couldn't smell the next day. Trader Joe's did be dirty, girl. I mean, but Trader Joe's is the safest store right now. Tell that to the fact that I still can't smell or taste. Um, I'm a year later. I mean, that sounds like a New York thing. That's very true. Everyone don't get corona. It, the long-lasting effects are very real. Um, yes. Well, that's that on that. Trader Joe's owes me a check. I need call. You can't <laughs> most of this out. You can't give them that for free. <laughs> I need to. I'm going to speak that into existence because the way that I just be gassing them. Get on Twitter. Anyway, we moving on? Yes. Wow. I have to get get over my hurt feelings. Um. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I have to pretend like I like Joey for the next hour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So this week we are having Joey on to talk about a specific um, series of events that unfolded over the past week. Um. So yeah. Can you just first give the people the the beginning of what happened in this Facebook group, this whole drama that happened in the Double Read world? The Double Read girls were upset. Tell us yes. why. Sorry. No, I realized. Wait, hold up. I realized that we not, like some people don't know who you are. Me? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Hi. So say say that and um, then, and then <laughs> yeah, I'm Joey, but I do. I'd go by Clifton Joey, makes it easier for people to write me a check. Uh, but I'm a bassoonist and a composer. I'm from Houston, like Beyonce. Um, and I live in Brooklyn. Um, yes. So this group is not just a group. It is like the double read mecca of the world. There's like 13,000 people in it. It's just too much. But basically, Color of Classical Music reached out to me and was like, oh, we know you talk about like white supremacy and like all this stuff with music and you have a different path on bassoon, so can you write about it? And I was like, yeah, of course. Did that, it got posted. I asked Amare, cause I think it's weird sometimes to be post your own thing and things like that. So I was like, oh, Amare, could you um, share this into the group for me? It was fine, you know, 90, 100 likes, no weird comments, just people being like, hashtag BLM, sorry you go through this um, and all of this. So. The next day, I just went to check, and one of my friends was just like, hey, where'd your post go? And I was like, and I went, and I texted Amari, and I was like, did you delete it? And he was like, no. So then um, I reached out to a couple other bassoon professors and um, 
this double read podcast, double read dish, I think they're called. They're, they're pretty cool. So I messaged them three and I was like, hey, y'all, like, what the fuck is going on? Um, can y'all advocate for me? And then while all of that was getting settled, um, ooh, Dean. Dean messaged Amare and was just like, yeah, I took it down. This is why blah, 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 lied. So then Amare put us in a group chat because that's the only way to make it. Um, and it was just a mess. I love Amare. I mean, I'm, you know, we're going to have to read verbatim because um, it just was too good to not just hear the entire truth all at once. Here it is. All of this was happening, and then one, the way you one, <laughs> the um, what's it called? So when it finally, we kept going back and forward on it, and he was trying to say like, yeah, you know, I feel like talking about racism. This isn't the place to do that because it's about talking about art. And I was like, art, you, you can't do that. Like it's art is intersectional. There is no place. We mm-hmm. like people can't run away from our beautiful skin that the world hates, you know? So eventually he finally went out and said it. Um, And I was just like, you're upholding white supremacy. Maybe y'all should put that into the group description. So that's what was said. And then he replied with, um, we are not upholding any such thing. We do not amplify anyone's voice more than that of anyone else, nor would we. We are trying to create a page where everyone's voice is equal and everyone is discussing the same subject. All of the interviews here talk about playing or pedagogy. Your posts talk about race and racism. It says quite clearly in rule two, please keep posts and topics related only to double read. Topics may include discussions such as double read specific events, education, read making, as well as encompassing matters of interest to double read players. Non-double read related topics will be removed without further notice. Rule 7 goes on to state, posts that include obscenities, verbal harassment, or comments that would prove offensive based on race, gender, religion, age, sexual orientation, disability, national hmm, yeah, national origin, and gender identity and expression are strictly prohibited. There are three parts to this. We're going to go one by one. So firstly, <laughs> um, I am an educator. Uh, I'm not going to let imposter syndrome get me down anymore. I was fucking artist in residence at Virginia Tech last semester. I'm 25. You know, so like, fuck that. Um, and I was talking about how there's lack of diversity in our pedagogy. Firstly, I said that as bassoonists, there just needs to be more talk about taking a different path. I'm hearing myself teach people. Um, and then I, they tried to get me because I said what's important to me is police reform, not police reform, abolishing the police, prison reform, and black liberation. So um, this is the one where he really... The thing is, it, this all really upset. I, I'll get to that later. Okay, so <laughs> his second point was in reading your post. No, fuck that. So it was, <laughs> it was just that he said, talk about a different race. Bitch, I am the diversity. Like, what are you talking about? Niggas are the diversity within this group. Like, you wrote hashtag BLM in June, but now, like, me talking about white supremacy is a motherfucking problem. Let's get it. Make it make sense. Jesus, Devontae, goddamn. Christ, it just doesn't add up. I have to pray for that one later, but it doesn't doesn't add up. So it was just all of that. um, They don't want to be educated. This is the thing with white people. 
we have Google, Firefox, Bing. I don't know if Firefox is a search engine. Not Firefox. <laughs> the only people I know that use Firefox is white people. So it just, and unfortunately I've dated a quite handful of them niggas. So I am an expert. So it just is a whole mess over there. Um, and it is a double read topic. Why? Because I'm a bassoonist. Mm-hmm. I am a bassoonist. Mm-hmm. I have these fat ass degrees. I'm a recitalist, you know, like I'm confused on when that suddenly did not become a part of me. And also the, my works and my album were linked at the bottom. So it was just bullshit, how bullshit. So this is where it gets better. Um, not for us, but for him. Um, in reading your post, you talk about the blackness and whiteness of music and how this type of music no longer um, you feel joy by, how it starves you and so on. There's like a language barrier. Um, then you go on to talk about tearing down the white supremacy in classical music. It is very difficult for me to allow this when you're using racism to attack the very type of music that the vast majority of these people are here to discuss. None of what you wrote or what you are arguing will make me or anyone else a better bassoonist, which is the entire point of this group. Now look here. This is why it's good. Because we have racism on the screen. He can't delete that. If he, I mean, he can by screenshotted it. You said th- you said it. You don't care about this. You mm-hmm. don't. You want to live in your ignorance. Of course, there white people could not give a fuck about diversity and it will never affect their life. What they probably can't have any more fetishes in public, but that's about it for them. It just it really was disheartening. And this was like one of the first times I've cried over like social media racism because I get it a lot but mm-hmm. in a very long time because it was like a story I put so much of myself in and having a student that had to like see all of this mm-hmm. um, and he when we were talking about it he was just like do I not speak up about these things do I need to win an orchestra job and I was like we'll talk about this later oh. but um, it was really disheartening to see that people were actively shitting on me for for what like what mm-hmm part of this hurts you that bad so <laughs> whoo jesus on a more personal note i would really like to understand what you mean by the, <laughs> <laughs> by the whiteness or blackness of me <laughs> oh i remember this i remember reading this i was double <laughs> Music is sound unless you have Oh my freaking goodness (laughs) And all of those Who I have spoken with confidently Assured me that music is mostly different shades of blue Um Yeah It would seem to me that music is affected by the traditions Of those who wrote it not by the race of the Performers who play it When I sit down in orchestra nobody cares Of the person, ooh, if the person besides me is Asian, Arab, Black, Christian, Gay, Hindu, Jewish, left-handed, (laughs) right-handed, straight, white, or even bad fashion sense, if you have an instrument, (laughs) you want to play. (laughs) Not, or even, oh no, not bad fashion sense. No. You will put a lot of effort into playing. It will, and then sit your ass down. I feel like there's no way to say that without being country's fuck. Get your music out and let's have a blast doing this. Orchestras are the one place where I have seen more people of all background coming together to do something together than anywhere else. Where? In whose white orchestra? Where have you seen this? 
played in a lot of orchestras. And, and, but you know it. what? He clued you in on what he means. He yeah. saw a plethora of people who were left-handed and, and white, right-handed. right-handed and white, good fashion sense and white, bad fashion sense and white, ambidextrous and white. So much <laughs> What are you saying? I just could not believe I read that in the English language. Like, it just... Oh, my God. I was just really happy I was with someone that cares about me a lot because I was a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And he had never experienced any... Like, he's never... I don't say experienced, but he never seen something like this on that kind of scale. But he was like, what the fuck? Your life is a movie. And I'm like, it shouldn't be. (laughs) And this is... This is why I hate... Shit like that because racism is not drama that downplays the racism. White people always like to say like, "Oh, they're dramatic, blah blah blah." It's like, no, bitch, you're just you called me the hard R. Like that's not drama. Like you should be slapped in the fucking face. So um, yeah, it, I hated that. Like all these white people were like, "Oh, did you hear the W drama? Did you hear that?" And I'm like, my racist attack. Like I'm confused. So um, the post made its way around many places um and then i decided like you know what it was the next day i was like you know what we're not this kind of girl we're not fuck that so i reposted it and i wrote this thing and basically like you can't silence us like you can't say you want our voices but then like delete posts um i just want to talk about how there's different ways to get the bag as a bassoonist um or just musician but then i started talking about how like art is political art is intersectional and art has history of racism that you cannot run away from I ended it with a little Angela Davis quote. So, uh, so sorry. There's going to be another <laughs> Um, Yeah, this Chinese food really kicked my ass. But, um, yeah, so that happened, and it was making good numbers. Things were going well. All of a sudden, I get a text from my friend Alex, and he was like, where's your post? And I was like, I know you are goddamn fucking lying to my ass. So I went back on there and I just looked and it was gone. And then people started messaging me like, where's your post? And I was like, I don't know, shit, like you probably know better than I do. So then a bunch of people started posting in that bitch and it just like turned into this whole thing. And then they brought the post back and then people were coming to the post again. Then they deleted the post again. So that's three times now. Um, and then they listed why like it broke the rules and everyone was like, you're fucking crazy. Like this is just... This is idiotic at this point. Um, so it was enough for me, but I was talking to Kai and Alex, and I was just like, wouldn't it be some shit if I got this group shut down? Like, that would be fucking crazy. I would feel so powerful. <laughs> well, I did. So. <laughs> Wait, what? You just got a group shut? Yeah. The group is gone. It's... It, it, it ain't that no more. Wait, I missed that part? Yeah, it's gone because they said someone threatened one of the moderators. Um, with hospitalization, and I'm, I'm not gonna speak on that because I don't know who messaged her, <laughs> but it was just the fact. Oh, we had a conversation <laughs> the day before because she wanted to like talk, and she was like, "I just don't see any solution to this." And I was like, "Me, you, Lee Munoz, the women from Double Read Dish need to sit down and figure out a way so y'all can figure out how to fix this for the future because you need to fix your guidelines." And she kept me like, well, I just, I just don't know what to do. Like, you understand, I have a child who's also trans and a non-white child. And I was like, I don't care. So I just tried to keep my cool. And I was just like, God bless that baby. God bless him. But I was like, Joey, you are in therapy. Like, let's practice. Halt. 
you know. Um, so I just told her, I was like, look, ma'am, I'm really about to cuss your ass out, so I'm going to hang up. And I hung up. So she tried to say on the thing, like, we had a productive conversation. I was like, no, we didn't. I saw that comment. That comment. <laughs> and Joey was like, we most certainly did not. <laughs> it was just a mess. So then, um, yeah, Alex or Kai, one of them, actually, we were on FaceTime together, and Alex was like, Joey, the group is gone. And I was like, oh, my God. I did it. But no, I the did part it. that was, <laughs> the no, part that was most important to me that hurt me the most was not these white people doing that. It is someone who lives in New York and plays bassoon, and I did not know I didn't like them until this. So basically, um, they took my story without my permission and went on this group saying that, like, well, just because, like, we're just silencing black voices and all this kind of shit, I am going to give free lessons to POC bassoonists and giving them free reads. Um, firstly... I'm not a person of color. I am black, okay? Talk so if you're going to do it, help black students. I have a couple I can give you. But I don't, because I don't trust you because of what you're doing. You're not going to use my shit to make yourself look better. You can do this to these other niggas, but I'm not the motherfucking one, okay? Try Jesus, not me. So it just was a mess. It was a mess. And I messaged him. I was like, don't ever do that again. Go delete. And the thing that pissed me off the most is that he got like 150 likes, no bullshit, in like 10 minutes because he's white. And the big, it's not about the likes, it's the fact that he got all that attention. The moderators never took it down. They had no inclination to take it down. And it was just like, he didn't even mention me. You know, it's like, what are you doing? It's very clear what you're doing. You're just another white liberal that thinks that like you wear your hashtag BLM or your pride flag with the fist on it that we've made progress. And it's like, no, bitch, fuck you. Like, don't. Don't take my shit. Like, this is, I already have a lot of trauma. I'm, we're not trying to do this. Therapy is expensive. So, once that concluded, um, I got tagged in probably, I think, realistically, at 350 Facebook notifications. Oof. So, that was really scary. Y'all know I have bipolar disorder. So, that sent me right into an episode. And that was awful. Um, and, you know, you can't really get rid of a notification without clicking on it. Mm -hmm. So I clicked on it and it was the fact that like even well-meaning people, but that's why well-meaning doesn't mean anything. It's about what actually happened. I was mispronounced in like every one of these. People were just asking just absurd questions about me and all this shit. And it was just like, what the fuck? But I did sell a hundred copies of my album. So thank you. Period. It just was yeah, it was really crazy because the thing is, I work very hard as a musician and I want to be known for that. I don't want my name to get around Double Read community in this way. Get to know me because I'm a bad bitch, you know? So it just, it, it was a lot. And I'm so happy it's gone. I know who's very racist now. Well, we already knew, but again, it was in writing. I know people that are our age who were disagreeing with what I was saying, and they put that on the internet, and I hope they know that, like, we will all be contractors one day when the outside is open again, and it's going to be a fat-ass note for me. You don't get second chances with that. You don't get second chances with racism for me, um, or really anything, because I'm a Libra, but it just, I, it was really bad. It was really bad, and I don't let the whites get to me. I try not to, but they, they, they got this round, I must say. Um, but I also saw a lot of support 
from people mm-hmm. I didn't, I never thought to see it from. Um, but yeah, it was a doozy. It was a doozy. Um, got called the hard R in my messages about seven times. You know, it just was like never ending for like four days. Wow. And yeah. I think I think like this is a like a. Like, I think classical music often diverts to this whole, like, let's just focus on the music type junk. And it's, like, it's just really annoying because it's, like, the fact that you're able to do that just shows your, just shows um, your privilege in the matter. Like, and I was telling Delaney earlier today, it's always very weird for me. Like, I'm not talking about, like, in social situations, like, whatever, hanging out who you want to hang out with. But it's always weird to me for to see for white people to be in a, a place of power or a, or in an organization and it's only white people and they think that's completely normal. It's always weird. Like when I, when I watch like um, C-SPAN sometimes and it just be like all these white people are on the Congress floor making decisions for such a diverse country that and then decisions that often harm black people. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's always wild to me. Like y'all really go to orchestra rehearsal and be like, whoa, gang's all here. And like, gang, gang. like, <laughs> and you'll, you'll go through a whole season and you'll play like all white composers and that's completely normal to you. But like the music is what brings us together, brings whom together. Okay. Like, and that was, like, the biggest blind spot I, I saw on that message. Like, what does race have to do? Race has to do with everything. Because you have pillaged the world. Race <laughs> has to do with everything. Okay? Everything. Race has to do with it. And I feel like the people who are not open to these conversations are the most problematic. Mm-hmm. And then the... The fact that he gaslighted you and was like, what are you even talking about? And why is classical music, whatever, white supremacy, stuff like that. I'm like, because every year y'all dedicated like an entire concert to Beethoven every year without fail. You can't consecutively name five black composers. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about, why classical music are overrated. Just, I mean, it's just too much. It was too much. It's too much. I mean, there's really no other way to say it besides just ignorance. Just mm-hmm. pure ignorance. But they're not going to win. They're not going to keep us down. Our ancestors went through too much. They went through too much. And I have learned how to sleep. So I took a fat ass nap. And I started to feel better. But the thing with bassoonists to me is that I truly think, and trumpet is a real instrument, but I truly think that bassoonists and oboists are the most racist artists on the face of this planet. Um, and I've always thought that, and this just like really proved it to me. They uphold traditions for no reason. People don't like our instrument. People don't know the difference between a bassoon and an oboe. It just like what are what are you fighting for? Also, <laughs> the Hummel fun. Concerto, not that interesting. The Mozart Concerto, very beautiful. That Hummel Concerto, I love Concerto. You like it? Yes, my jam. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's very pretty. The Weber is really fun. There's also the Gubadolina. And you know why they don't play it so much? Because it's hard as fuck. I bet, yeah. I said she got some bass stuff. <laughs> yes! <it's... laughs> the bass part, in, I mean, it's for a bassoon and low strings. That bass part is ridiculous. But there's a lot of pieces that people don't explore because that's multiphonics, and they're hard. Because the rhythm is not just a 2 over 3. It's like a goddamn 3 over 17. You know, it just, it just it's too much. And that community is too much. And it's not, 
something I want to be a part of, and that's why ISBM, you know, we're going to plug that shit in here. It just is why we are creating our own fucking spaces because I am sorry, I'm not fighting to be a part of any more communities. That's I, that's my. I'm thing. not dying that way. Black people die early from inflammation, and the white people are not going to kill me like that. Shit, shoot me. You know, don't, don't make it fast. Like, <laughs> <Okay. I'm> saying, <laughs> oh my god, I'm not trying to just have a motherfucking heart attack one day. And the doctors tell my children or my husband, it's like, yeah, they were stressed all their life. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You know, I said no to every Black History concert this year. If they can't prove to me on paper that this is not the only time they're composer, it's not, you know, like, no. And they were paying like $10. Like, what the fuck? So it just, it was a mess. Um, it's hard because it's like, I like, you have to, I feel like Black people at a certain point, you have to grapple with, and I heard Garrett say this, where are you grappling between black people have to be in these spaces and what do you what are you going to choose are you going to make your own stuff i I just feel like it's so unfair that black people have to keep building their own stuff because of white people's commitment to upholding white supremacy i feel like it's so un. it's like the d9 is great love the d9 sigma gamma row blue and gold on my mind all the time sigma gamma row was created like the deltas like the aka's like the zetas because we could not join white sororities. HB, HBCUs were created because we couldn't go to white colleges. Like black people always gotta build their own stuff and it's like, yes, we should have our own stuff. But it's like, I hate that white people can't learn. You know what I'm saying? Like why is, why is the learning curve so steep for y'all? It's like every time every time we gotta build our own stuff and they're like, oh, maybe we could let some white black people in. And then we gotta build something. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we can. You know, it's just like, what is going on with y'all? It takes mm-hmm. too much imagination. It takes way too much imagination and too much creativity. I feel like they don't, like a lot of people, especially in classical music, because classical music has been one of the art forms that is least receptive to change. Um, because in other, even in other, um, other art forms, like literature or dance, like you still have classics, but they still have evolved. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, and classical music is not, it's not really doing that. I think it's because it's like, they don't want to make they don't want to make these larger um they don't want to ask these larger questions like something about this whole situation um first of all he said that there was nothing in the post that had to do with bassoon you were literally talking about your experience as a bassoonist and expanding your your work to other things because the traditional classical mode was not working for you and second of all he said that there was nothing in the post that would make him or anybody else a better bassoonist and i'm gonna have to pull over right there because okay because people don't understand that you can question and you can expand what your idea of what being a better bassoonist is is being a, a good bassoonist to you being racist as fuck and playing mozart real good no that's not what being a good musician is to me you know and so that i feel like people don't want to make these don't want to make these larger um these larger conversations happen in these spaces and you're talking about this is a this is a classical music space it's a double read space this is literally a conversation that belongs in the classical music and double read spaces because white supremacy whether you like it or not is in the classical music spaces and is in double read spaces and if you talk about making yourself a better bassoonist making yourself a better bassoonist a better bassoon teacher a better bassoon player is um to me encompasses being uh inclusive of other of of black bassoonists and their and their stories and their work um it means being able to teach black bassoon 
include students, making sure that your pedagogy is not rooted in whiteness. We've, we've uncovered so many things in tech and music that are, that are discriminatory against black bodies just by default, because they're not made with us in mind. So it's like, yes, these conversations about race do, like they can't, there's no, no one is grasping that, that these, these conversations about race are relevant to a larger issue. Like we really mm-hmm. have to like literally uproot mm-hmm. some of this stuff. And I feel like away, oh go ahead no go ahead it just takes away from my artistry you know and takes away from other things that I really accomplish you know I'm I am just life is good right now you know the competitions went really well uh, life is going well and it just was the fact that these motherfuckers are trying to say like well what do I know go read my motherfucking resume go read my bio go watch my lectures on YouTube that I get paid to do I get hired to be a diversity consultant what the fuck are you talking about you know so it's just white people's audacity again to stay ignorant and to just gaslight. For and what? I, I feel are they you not really tired. They really like it the way it is. Like we were exactly. talking about, like today in one of the classes I was taking, they they were talking about how like they the, they created the union or whatever. You know, people really used to just go hang out with Leonard Bernstein at, at his apartment and and have a drink with him and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're you're hired. How was that? Well, how, what is, like, y'all don't see the problems with this stuff? Like, how, how, how y'all have built this? Like, the fact that sometimes it's like, like, going back to what Delaney said, like, is it even worth the fight? Because it's like, there's, at every twist and turn, there is an element of, of whiteness that we have to, like, undo. And then the people, the people who are in charge of undoing it, they only, like, kind of want to do the work. Like, why don't we just throw a fellowship in there? You know what I'm saying? Why don't we just, why don't we just, you know, we could put, we could put Florence Price one time. I'm sure the, the donors won't mind. You know, it's like, that's the kind of change they want. They want to put a Band-Aid on whatever America is. And I mean, that's just here because let's not talk about the dudes in Vienna. They will never do that. Jesus is going to have to come back before that. I mean, wasn't it attached to the Nazis? I mean, the I Vienna field? I don't know. I don't know. Let me. Okay. It's. I don't know. I just. I I definitely feel like they taught us that at Peabody, but the. I don't know the thing with classical music and everything, and you know, I give this ensemble a lot of shit, but they my niggas, um, and they know that. But international contemporary ensemble, you know, I love them so much, but they get on my goddamn nerves. But they know where they have extreme just ignorance and they're trying to work on it, you know, and they're trying to hire more black people specifically because people of color is different. Um, They're trying to undo their wrongs while also educating themselves. And it's it's a good model that people need to understand that many other organizations are doing. You can start undoing your racism while also still hiring black people. You know, you can undo your racism without also still hurting and traumatizing black people. You know, when I was talking to my student, what made me cry more is that he truly felt traumatized reading that. And I was just like, my whole job, I'm not your parent, but my job is to protect you for an hour a week when you are on Zoom with me, you know? It's supposed to be this fun space. And his lesson earlier this week, I mean, he was just so upset, you know? Um, So it's, it's really shitty that younger Black people, and uh, Black people in general, have to see this. 
And I just really hate that right now I'm working on this big ass opera. I'm working on all this shit. And right now, this is what I'm about, you know? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to say it like I used to not be in some drama growing up because I love the cheese man. But now I'm not, bitch. I just be take, I just be resting and watching Sex in the City, minding my business. What is, like, what? No one gained anything from that. If it, like, nothing. Y'all lost a 13,000 member group. And that's y'all's goddamn fault. If you just would have left it alone. Left it alone. None of this. Absolutely none of this would be happening right now. So it's just like, it's a shame. And it's, it is just their loss. I have no reason to ever be associated with this um, society. And I will say for clarity, for clarity, this is not a part of the um, International Noble Society. It is a group that they made separate because um, IDRS, the society, wanted to shut it down. And everyone was like, no, but I was like, yes. So um, <laughs> then they made the discussions group, which is completely, completely separate. But I didn't have so with the damn just Ooh, Lord, that would sound like, what's that man's name from fucking uh, King of the Hill? But it just, <laughs> it just is a mess over there. And no one wants to deal with them because all the moderators are white and they were like, well, why do no black people want to do it? You just said this is a lot of work. I'm tired. Just do better. Just, I, I don't understand. Black people have to be in a group with y'all arguing about keeping your post up. Okay, like it's just, it's, it's, it's exhausting just being a member of the group. Who, what kind of black person would want to be a moderator? Look, there is, no, <laughs> when it's not racism or um, sexual assault or anything like that, there is some really petty drama on there that I will truly miss. Like, <laughs> and it's just it's a sad day because when you're just so bored and you see bassoonists and oboists truly arguing over the make of their bassoon to the death that is exciting like that's how people felt about that Trader Joe's okay I mean it just <laughs> is a mess I mean everyone I feel like I've texted Jasmine Alex Kika everyone being like did y'all see this post you know like it just it's so exciting because they're being fucking ridiculous because you play the goddamn motherfucking oboe like that's awesome. It's an amazing instrument. Do something more. Like, go outside. <laughs> if you can. I don't even want to sound ableist. Just do something else outside of oboe. Draw. Drink wine. You know, I don't know. Have a hobby. But it just... It just... Is a mess. But at the end of the day, tomorrow's Friday. Um, it's going to be a new week soon. I'm still a bad bitch. Y'all are two bad bitches. So it just, we gonna be a bad bitch trio. And it's just not, none of us are just gonna put up with shit like that. And it was nice to like get rallied around and things like that. But we shouldn't have to do that. We should be focusing on resting. This is a hard time. We're about to have to deal with the most tokenized shit on the face of this planet in like a couple days. So it just is, I don't know. But it, it will all be okay. I will say that it's fine. But niggas, so yeah. <laughs> <That's not laughs> <on> that. <laughs> Wait, real quick before we go, what happened to my guy? Like, did he ever reach back out to you, Dean? Mm-hmm. No, I told him I do not want to communicate with you anymore. Do not contact me. But what did my fucking dumbass do when that other bitch was just like, "Oh, Coach, I want to talk to you." I called Dean. <laughs> 
on video on video so i had to hang i was like oh sorry and then he was like oh clifton i'm so like i actually want to talk to you like please call back and i just labors are good at ghosting so i just detached myself emotionally and moved on but um yeah no i'm happy he didn't block me though because that would make him look even worse but people, I will say this, the internet is forever, and whatever you write on the internet probably has been screenshotted, and you might lose your job. So, be smart. If you're going to be racist, do it in your house. Just everyone like me. So. Well, on that note, <laughs> Joey, can you tell the people then where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on the Instagrams um with j-o-e underscore w-e-y joe way um you can find my band camp at oh gidry bassoon um or just clifton joey gidry third on band camp please buy my album it's pretty fun um and yeah you can go on my website gidry g-u-i-d-r-y bassoon.com and get in touch with my manager olivia and book me yes and that's where you can find me Period. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joey. Yes, thank you. Woo-woo. Y'all are great. And we are moving on. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Natalie Joachim. She is a Grammy-nominated flutist, composer, and vocalist. And it's crazy how Delaney and I do not... We plan these episodes via text message so we don't <laughs> well maybe not all the time but most of the time so it's like we don't know what's going on but she is um the co-founder of the group that she talked about in the you know that thing what's called with the stuff events the news news Flutronics. <laughs> natalie is a grammy nominated flutist flautist flutist composer and vocalist um the nation said a fresh and innovating cross cultural voice she is the co-founder of the critically acclaimed okay Katie. critically acclaimed urban art pop duo flutronics and comfortably navigates everything from classical to indie rock um all while advocating for social change and cultural awareness Ms. Joachim, a 2020 United States Artist Fellow, has performed and recorded with an impressive range of today's most exciting artists and ensembles, including Bryce Dessner, Bonnie Price Billy, Richard Reed Perry, Miguel Zenon, and the International Contemporary Ensemble, and is a former flutist of the Contemporary Chamber Ensemble, Eighth Blackbird. As a composer, Joachim is regularly commissioned to write for instrumental and vocal artists, dance, and interdisciplinary theater, each highlighting her technique. Okay, Katie, her unique. <laughs> <laughs> Be doing so much that viola junk. Okay, <clears throat> her unique electroacoustic style. Um, upcoming works include Joe King's first ever symphonic and choral work commissioned by the St. Louis Symphony. Okay, Andrew. Period. Hey, Andrew. And the in unison chorus, a new large scale chamber works. Um, for Room Full of Teeth, so percussion, Amani wins. And Lorele, sure, ensemble. <clears throat> Joaquin's current touring project, I'm sure, before, um, what am I going to call it? Before the parabola, um, was uh, Fan da- Davati, um, is an evening length uh, work for flute, 
voice uh, string quartet and electronics that celebrates some of haiti's most iconic yet underrecognized female artists and explores joaquin's personal um haitian heritage um Ms. joaquin is a bucard flute and piccolo i'm the food girl's gonna be mad if i said, if I said that wrong <laughs> flute and piccolo's artist and has appeared as a concert soloist in recital and orchestra stages throughout the united states europe and japan um Ms. joaquin oh girl it's only 24 hours in a day <laughs> um she's an active educator um and she is the director of the contemporary chamber music at the Perlman music program holds faculty positions at the Hart school of music um Princeton university and the bang on the can festival and the banff center for arts and creativity joaquin is a graduate of the juilliard school sorry the joseph conyers school and was right. the first yes because did they did get the memo of the renaming I don't know. They need to get on that. But they probably can't pay any secretaries to do that because all the funds have been allocated to hiring. Yeah, I would imagine. But I think they should get on that because it's just kind of tacky because everything still says Juilliard. So right, yeah. I would, I would, if I were them, I would just hurry up and change that over. Mm-hmm. Literally in the middle of someone else's black excellence. Let me continue. <laughs> um... Joaquim is a graduate of the Joseph Conyers School and was <laughs> the first person to successfully complete the conservatory's MAP pre-college and college division programs. She continued her graduate studies at the new school where her focus was audio production and sound design. So that is not her complete bio. Go ahead and check her out. Um, I will link her website. But shout out to you, Natalie. Thank you for being black and excellent. Period. Got a piece of the week? Um, yes, I do have a piece of the week. Uh, my piece this week is called a uh, Black Transcendental Suite. Um, it's by um a cellist by the he goes by the name of the Urban Cellist. Um, this is a piece that he wrote in the I guess the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd uh, last year, and um, it's a piece for. Uh, string quartet and there's also some some vocals and some of the movements it's a seven movement work so I will uh link his Spotify so that you guys can listen to all the uh the entire piece and there's also I'll see if I can find he has a whole um couple of pages that he wrote up that talks about um you know where his mind was at when he wrote it and his you know his approach to writing the piece Mm -hmm. but yeah that's my piece of the week. Period. Well, why don't you act right for once? I'm just going to go ahead and move you. You know what? Actually, let's see. Let's see how you act as Sphinx because you won't be able to do none of this. Actually, I want you to show the world your true colors. Show them. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, send to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out on our website at classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you are a black musician, we hope you join the International Society for Black Musicians. You can find out more about ISBM at our website at isblackmusicians.com. If you're not black, you can also donate there at isblackmusicians.com. Follow us on social media across all socials at isblackmusicians. Thank you all so much for listening. What do I say after that?
Thank you for listening. Okay. One day this outro is not going to be ghetto. Like, in Jesus' name. One day. <laughs> now Jesus like, don't put that on my name. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, I can't do nothing else for you. All right, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.